Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. morning. Let's also say it now. Happy Thanksgiving. It is our privilege, our honor, our blessing to be able to gather here in this place at this time to worship the living God. So let us be called together in worship as we voice together our praise using words from the 67th Psalm. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere him.
We are the people of good news. We are the beloved of God and we are the benefactors and beneficiaries of divine and incomparable grace. And we want to do better because we want the world to believe also. So let's go to confession together. Gracious God, you have filled our lives with blessings, but our gratitude too often falls short. We are quick to complain about our many burdens, but slow to remember our riches. We are so overwhelmed by the stresses in our lives that even saying thank you seems too great an effort. Energize us with your good news, O oh God. Set our feet to dancing with the rhythms of your grace, that we may rediscover our faith. Sing to us with the melody of your love, that we might throw off the burden of weariness and join with you in the music of praise. In Christ we pray. Amen. Hear us, O God, as in this sacred silent moment, we take time to lift up our personal prayers of confession to you. Amen. So let's shout it from the mountaintops. Shout it from the roofs. We are the people of good news. We are the beloved of God and the beneficiaries of divine and incomparable grace. I declare to you in the name of this wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. The peace of Christ be with you. Friends, as we prepare to greet one another, we re a reminder that our fifth grade and younger are now excused to go to their Sunday school. Their leaders are waiting to meet them in the back. So let's turn and greet each other with a holy good morning.
Friends, with this Sunday that we call Thanksgiving Sunday, it is in some sense the beginning of the special holiday season to us. God must have foreordained somewhere back then that Presbyterians would never gather for Thanksgiving for a service. So this is our Thanksgiving, so that's okay. But let's remember, many, many things are coming up. I will not have time to list them all. But first of all, I want to let you know that we are now receiving a special offering that will be routed through the ministry partners we have of the Outreach Foundation that will go to humanitarian needs that are arising in the Middle East because of the uh, recent conflict there. Uh, we have relationships with many different Christian churches and organizations in Lebanon, in Jordan, in Syria, some in Israel and Palestine, and we want to respond to the humanitarian needs that are there. So if you'd like to participate in that offering, please feel free to do so. Mark so on your check or on your envelope, and please feel free to give in the days ahead if you're not prepared to give today. Uh, today is, in a sense, uh, with our alternative Christmas market, the beginning of Christmas for us uh, in the Advent season, but we will begin our worship services for that season on uh, Friday, December 1st, with our Blue Christmas Service of Remembrance. This is an opportunity especially for those who are grieving the loss of someone that they have loved and still do to gather to remember them and to celebrate their lives as well as to prepare for this most special season. We would love to know that you're coming so we can be prepared with appropriate ornaments. Uh, give the office a call or drop us an email or go on to the church website and register your plan to attend. The following Saturday on December 9th, we'll have our annual breakfast in Bethlehem. That's when we gather with all the members of the church of all ages, including especially our younger members, to do a retelling and reenactment of the Christmas story and share and breakfast and have a just a wonderful wonderful celebration together. So if you don't remember the details of the Christmas story, this is a great refresher course for you. And we always encourage adults to come along as well. That's on December 9th. The following day on December 10th, We'll have a magnificent choir and orchestra here to help us celebrate uh, the sounds of the Christmas season, our annual Christmas concert. That's at 7 o'clock in the evening. And then the following Sunday on the 17th, we're going to have an event called uh, Carols at the Village, and that's a chance for us to sing, all of us to sing. Juan's going to, he's given special permission for the rest of us to sing. Uh, we're going to sing the Christmas carols, plus a lot of the good songs of Christmas that you wouldn't do in church necessarily. Frank, that does not mean grandma got run over by a reindeer. We will not be doing that one. Uh, but we'll, doing some, we'll, we'll just enjoy the season together. So that's at four o'clock on December 17th. We are still in the season of stewardship, thinking about the fact that we are the church and we are all called to give together, to minister together. So let me remind you, if you've not yet returned your pledge cards for your estimates of giving in the coming year, please do so as early as it is convenient for you uh, so that our planning might continue for our ministries in 2024. So we have many guests with us this morning. I want to call on Gretchen Scruggs, our director of missions, to come and share with us just a little bit about about our alternative market, and that's y'all's clue to get up here as well. Good morning. I'm going to give a few minutes here. Um, (laughs) 
So the Mission Commission is excited to kick off the Alternative Christmas Market today. Um, we originally had planned to be outside, but earlier this morning it was wetter than anticipated, so we have pivoted. We'll be in the Fellowship Center. Before I forget, there will be some um, of the catalogs and price sheets in the back of the narthex, but there will also be some over um, in the Fellowship Center. So we have over 18 of our mission partners here today, and you'll have the opportunity when you go over to the Fellowship Center to meet them and speak with them, not only about what uh, their organizations do, but also about the specific items that they have on their, what I'll call Christmas lists, um, our price sheet. Um, and then um, I want to also let you know that the Mission Commission has um, these uh, cards over at the table, so I'd love to have you guys come over to the Mission Commission table and look at those. The partners we have with us today are Care House, the Elmo Barnett Center, which is represented by Walindwa, Grace Presbyterian Church, A Heart for Children, Interfaith Community Services, who is our partner for our Homeless Veterans um, Initiative, Hope Unlimited, Ladle Fellowship, New Day Urban Ministries, Plant with Purpose, Safe Harbor, Sandio Rescue Mission, Scholar Leaders, Solutions for Change, who is our partners for the Angel Tree. We have Studio Internship, the Sudanese American Presbyterian Church, and I'm going to try not to mess this up, Urban Life, Urban Youth Collaborative, Young Life North County, and Young Life Rancho del Sol. We also have representatives um, from the deacons uh, at the table. They'll have the welcome table there as well as um, the sign-up table for the women's luncheon. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you in the Fellowship Center. Before we let you all go, let's have a word of prayer for you. Will you bow with me? Lord, we thank you that you call us into mission and ministry, your mission, your ministry. We are privileged to be part of that. We are privileged as well to welcome and to recognize these partners in ministry standing here with us. We pray your blessing upon them, on their effort and their dedication and faith. We pray your blessing on all the ministries and peoples whose lives they touch through the work that they do. We pray your blessing on us that you would continue to mold and shape us into people who are about the business of doing your work in the world. We celebrate this in this time of the beginning of the alternative Christmas market, recognizing, of course, that you have given us the greatest gift of all in the mission of Jesus as he came to be with us. We pray in his name. Amen. God bless you, friends. Thanks for being with us today. It just so happens that right now in worship, we have an opportunity to present tithes and offerings and symbolically to present ourselves to the living God. The ushers will come and wait upon us, and we invite you to give generously, give faithfully, give to the mission of Christ in the world. God bless.
Please be seated. Sometimes in worship, there is a moment that you want to just freeze so that you can live in it for just a while. And at the end of that song, I wish that we could have just lived there for just a while. Thank you so much, all of you, for making that happen for us. For God, we have come here. I know that sometimes we think that we planned everything. We got up and we made our way here. But in fact, it's God that has summoned us. God has called us to be together in this place at this time to be blessed and also to give praise and thanks and to pray. Let's go to God in prayer. God of presence and abundance, you who have created and carved and shaped with hands of deep care and infinite tenderness this creation. You are the gifter of eyes that behold and discern every nuanced color and shape of skies and seas, rocks, trees, and the living, breathing forests and jungles, flat plains and deserts, swamps, and mountains that are shrouded with snow and fog whose peaks stretch above and rise beyond their frozen prison like a beacon towards the heaven. You grant us the gift to see, but also to hear and taste and feel, to ramble along paths unclaimed and untouched, to experience your glory in the surrounding sunset as the fingers of the last rays reach into the ocean and sink into a warm good night embrace. And you reveal to us the pleasures of the mundane, the extraordinary quality of the ordinary, walking the dog, talking to a friend and sharing a laugh, shedding a tear for another, hot soup and crisp apples, a warm bed, a safe place to sleep, perhaps to dream, and we breathe our thanks in all of the routine. And your spirit, O oh God, roots us in gratitude, but compels us to truly see the state of our neighbors, the needs of our sisters and brothers, and the concerns for all children whose minds and spirits are being shaped by violence and fear and hunger and injustice, an old prince of peace. In these times of war and rumors of war, help us to be aware of your presence in the middle of all of this, in the middle of all things. Guide us to take the blinders from our eyes so that we might clearly see you and the path forward that in our gratitude, we will find voice and will to serve you and, and all of humanity. And bless us, O oh God, with compassion for those who in this season of gatherings and family must bear the weight of loss, for those who must confront an empty chair at the table, a cold side of the bed, a first holiday without them. For their grief we pray and for their heartbreak we weep. 
We pray for families of every kind and configuration. We know that there will be many who gather to mend fences, and we know there will be those who must absorb the blow of the final straw. Guide us with your grace, O God, so that we might soak in its golden glow and let it flow from our actions with generous and patient hearts. You, God, who are present to all people in all places and at all times, we pray for those who will experience this season far away from home. For military families and those working in other places, we pray that you would ease their loneliness, dear Lord, calm their fears for their loved ones, embrace them with your warm sympathy, and bring them home to us when it's time. With humble gratitude, we submit our prayer to you, dear Savior. As we pray the prayer you taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
invited now to open your pew Bibles to page 165 of the Old Testament for a reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, starting on verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now you may find our next reading on page 121 of the New Testament. From the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, beginning on verse 44. Then Jesus said to the apostles, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are many things that I always love about our worship together, but it is particularly fitting today that our worship is anything but timid and weak. It's one of the reasons I love having brass here, Bob. There's never anything timid or weak about brass. And when Susie hits the button that opens the whole organ up, hold on, absolutely. We are blessed by the music. We have been blessed in this worship, and we've been blessed for the last couple of months in worship, as we have all been taking a hard look 
at the journey that a worship service is. A worship service takes us from the beginning of all things with God, and it takes us through the history of our salvation by God, and it reaffirms our relationship with God. Every worship service is meant to be, in that way, a recapitulation, a retelling of the story of God and us so that at least once a week we can remember who we are and what we're all about. Our worship always starts with God because everything starts with God, not with us. If that's brand new news to you today and you're not so sure about it, please speak with me following the service. I'll set you in your place. <laughs> Our worship always continues after we start with God, then we focus on ourselves and recognize that we are not all that God made for us to be, all that we would want to be. We confess our sin. We are assured then of God's forgiveness, and we are assured of our continued relationship with God because He loves and forgives us. Because of that relationship, we have a conversation with God in worship, partly through our prayer as we hear from God and also speak to God. There's a continual conversation in our minds that goes on in the experience of worship. Sometimes we say, wow, I didn't know that, or wow, that was a beautiful way to express that, or wow, I wish the preacher would finish so we can get on with the rest of the day. There's always a conversation going on in our minds, is there not? Our worship allows us to linger with God's Word, God's Word in the Scriptures, God's Word as we hear it preached, God's Word as it is proclaimed in the sacraments like baptism and the Lord's Supper, God's Word made visible, God's Word embodied, God's Word enacted. God gives us the privilege of using all of the things of His creation in order to worship Him. We use music, we use the arts, we use physical expressions, we gather in special places at special times with special people who are the body of Christ. We engage in certain habits, rituals, patterns that all connect us with each other so that we can worship together as one and so that we can worship with the church of the past as well as the church of the future and the church around the world here and now. The purpose of this journey of worship that we engage at least once a week is to learn that in this discipline, in this decision, this intentional interaction with God and each other, we are centered then on Jesus and we are filled with the power of the Spirit that we need in order to follow Jesus through the rest of the week. The title of this sermon series, the whole sermon series, has been Living the God-Centered Life. We say that because we understand that living the self-centered life, living a life that's centered on anything but God, does not work so well. 
In fact, that kind of life often goes down in flames. And so this is what we do. Sometimes we do it quietly and privately, even within the confines of our own company with God. Sometimes we do it with many, many others. Sometimes we do it with contemplative music. Sometimes we do it with music that just blows us away. But it's all about God. Today, today we come to the final story in this larger story, this larger journey that we have with God. We come to the final act of worship. Next week, Jan is going to talk about what we do as we go out from worship. But today we're going to talk about how we conclude our worship with each other. And it's fitting, I think, that we're doing that today because, of course, this is the beginning of our celebration of Thanksgiving. Now, several of you at the 9 o'clock service told me that you've already had your Thanksgiving with your family, and maybe it's the first of several Thanksgivings. How many of you will gather several times with different people to eat together? There we go. Yes, we have one honest brass player. That's good. That's good. Some of you as well. Okay, that's good. <laughs> right? In a sense, every time we gather with family and friends is a Thanksgiving, but, but we're going to arrange ourselves around tables that are overflowing with food, and, and I pray for you overflowing with the people whom we love to celebrate, to recognize all the amazing blessings of God. That's how our worship always ends, with a celebration of the blessings of God. Formally, we use the term benediction, and benediction is all about blessing. Benediction. Think about the words that have B-E-N-E in them. Benefits. Fringe benefits. We have benevolent. We have beneficial. Benny is the good stuff. And then it's benediction. Saying the good, speaking the good, lifting up the good, pronouncing the good, praying for the good, celebrating the good. You see, in our worship, We have celebrated the goodness that God brings to life because God is the source of all goodness. It should come as no surprise to us that this theme of benediction, this theme of blessing is a major theme of the story of God's people from which we learn our identity and our history, the story that's told in the Scriptures. In the book of Numbers, for instance, we have what is one of the most often quoted, most often used portions of Scripture in faith today. Now, it's rather interesting that this blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, etc., 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 comes out of a book that almost nobody reads and almost nobody preaches about, the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers is a rather daunting book. It can be, frankly, somewhat boring. 
It is telling the story of how after God's people have left slavery in Egypt, after they have gone through the Red Sea, after they've gone to the base of Mount Sinai and received the the commandments from God, then they have gone and camped. And as time has gone by, the generation that left Egypt has begun to die away and a new generation has begun to take its place. And essentially what happens is that under the leadership of Moses, the people take a census. They need to know who's there. They number the people of Israel. That's where the name comes from. Most scholars believe that the people didn't just move around in the wilderness continually. We're told that they wandered for a long time, proverbially the 40 years of wandering. But what we believe is that for perhaps a couple of decades, they more or less camped around an oasis called Kadesh Barnea. And that in that time, the people began to forget the old way of life and were learning the new way of life under God. And they were taking stock they were counting how many there, there were. They, were. they were counting who belonged to which of the 12 tribes. And they were getting ready then to leave, to start out on the final leg of the journey, to finally come into the promised land. And it's at that moment in Israel's history that God says to Moses that he is to command the priests of the people to bless the people, to say these words to them that we still use now thousands of years later. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you his peace today and always. God gave us those words so that no matter where we find ourselves in our journey with him, we are reminded of the truth and of the hope that God will always pay attention to us. You know, when you turn your back on someone, you're not paying attention to them, are you? I'm going to ask the choir, what are they doing back there now? Uh, That's, yeah, sleeping. There we go. When I turn this way, I already know what they're doing back there, right? We want God to turn his face toward us, to lift up his countenance upon us, to pay attention to us, to be with us. And in the pronunciation of that benediction, that good word, we are convinced that whether we are home safe and sound and snug in our own little dwelling or whether we are setting out on a great and sometimes dangerous and threatening journey, still God is with us. It was exactly the same thing going on in in the spirit When Jesus gathered with the disciples, it was the end of his three years with them. It was the end of his teaching and preaching and modeling for the disciples what a truly human life is meant to be like. 
They have lived through the crucifixion, the death, and now the resurrection of Jesus, but Jesus himself is going away. He will come still to be with us in the power of the Spirit, but, but Jesus is pronouncing a benediction, a word of blessing and comfort and strength and truth upon his disciples as they all now will enter a new phase, a new part of the journey. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Jesus blessed those twelve, and in blessing those twelve, he blessed all who follow him, all who are his disciples. And so blessing is the appropriate way for us to end our time together in worship as we then get ready to go out and continue on in living life. In our worship, we've been connected with God again. We have remembered the story of salvation of God being with us and with our being with each other. And in a way, we don't really leave each other's presence, do we? We stay present in the power of the Spirit. We stay present in the bonds of love. We stay present over time. And the bonds of that family with God are strong. Do you realize as we are gathered here in this place that there are members of this congregation who long ago moved away, but they're present right now worshiping through all those little cameras that are around the sanctuary? And that's a great blessing. We said goodbye to those folks, but they're not gone. They're still here. What is it when we say goodbye? We use that all the time, right? Goodbye. Do you know where that word comes from? It's actually a contraction of a phrase, a longer phrase that was, God be with you. God be with ye. God be with ye. God ye. God by. Good by. Have you ever said to someone, bad by? I'm not talking about an experience you had at the store, right? <laughs> no, we say goodbye. There are lots of ways we, we part from each other's company, trying to use some good words, you know, have a nice day, take care, see you later, that sort of thing. But think about some of the, some of the major languages of, of earth and the way in which you say goodbye to people. In French, adieu which means to God. In Spanish, adios, which means with God. In German, auf Wiedersehen, which means goodbye until we see each other again. When I was about 15, my father shared with me a different way to say goodbye in Spanish. I was a little curious as to why I'd never heard it before, but maybe he was waiting for me to grow up a little bit. <laughs> He's still waiting, but that's another story. <laughs> we say adios 
But there's another way to say goodbye. It's a way that you reserve for only the most special circumstances, for the most special people. It is this. Dios te guarde. Dios te guarde. May God guard you. All of those different ways. And of course, in all the languages that exist, there are ways to pronounce God's blessing upon each other. Why do we do that in worship? Well, in worship, we have rehearsed and repeated the blessings of God. And we have come to that place where we are receiving deep spiritual nourishment, incredible power, amazing peace from having worshiped and therefore now being blessed by God. Blessing. Blessing does lots of things for us, things that we must have. When we remember God's blessings, our souls are nourished. Take those moments in life when you get into sort of a negative mood. Nothing's right with my life. Everybody hates me. Everything's going wrong. You kind of get whiny and complainy and that sort of thing. You can change your heart instantly if you start thinking of your blessings, all the good, all the kind, all the beautiful, all the powerful, all the loving. Yes, there are times in life when things are pretty tough, but those times are the most important times for us to go back and count our blessings. It nourishes our souls and keeps us from being negative, fearful, complaining hopeless people, and instead again fills us with hope, with power, with energy. This positive outlook, if you will, comes from taking an inventory of our blessings, and as we do that, I think that it begins to help us become more generous and more giving in our outlook toward others. You cannot help but think about all that you have been blessed with without also then thinking of others who have not been so blessed, perhaps. And as we think of others, we think of the blessings that we can share with them. And then as we do that sharing, we begin to learn the blessing that it is to give away rather than to receive. There is no greater blessing than to have what someone else needs and then to be so filled with the love and power and generous spirit of God that we freely give it away. All of our worship tells us about the blessings of God. All of our worship takes that place in our lives where as we're ready to go from God, we are strengthened and filled with the power of God. Now, the ancient Jewish people believed, the ancient Christian people believed, and I still believe that words have power, that when you say a blessing to someone, it's not just empty air, unless you're empty, <laughs> but if you are filled with the Spirit of God, if you are filled with love for others, when you pronounce blessing upon them, it does bless them, and sometimes it hits them straight between the eyes. <laughs> 
I may have shared with you before in worship that I've got a, a new habit in life and, and my habits now that I'm older are a little bit more out there. I love when I'm with strangers, when I meet somebody for the first time or when I'm saying goodbye to somebody like saying goodbye to the clerk who's just checked you out at the grocery store. I love to look them in the eye and say, God bless you. You know how shocking and surprising that is to people when somebody they don't even know have been blessed by God? I'll guarantee you that those people feel a blessing. God makes that happen. How much better a place would the world be if we took a moment to bless others as God has blessed us? Give that a shot today or tomorrow. Bless somebody out of the blue. You'll both be blessed by it. Amen. We have prayed and sang and given our offering and listened to the word preached. And now, people of God, will you please stand with me so that we can affirm our faith. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. For by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life.
There are lots of ways to pronounce benediction, to claim and announce God's blessing. If you don't like any of them that I've used so far, here's one more for you. God bless you real good. <laughs> Amen.